Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Diary of a Shaman podcast. You might hear that my voice is hella raspy. I kind of sound like, I don't know, a rock star or something, but it's because I'm sick. But don't worry, I'm going to be good. And today you have an amazing episode to listen to because we have an amazing guest. The first time that a guest is on the podcast. Uh, We have Leah on here and we're going to be talking about uh, how nature can impact life. We've also met in uh, ayahuasca retreat. So that's a really fun topic to, to cover. And she is a nutritionist and she lives in Lobitos, Peru. And she's like so amazing. So I'm going to let her introduce uh, herself to us. But Leo, Leah, welcome to the show. <laughs> Hi, thank you. Um, yeah, so I'm Leah for those of you who don't know me, probably most of you. Um, and yeah, like Valeria said, I am a holistic nutritionist and I mainly work with women who surf. Uh, because I myself am a surfer. And as somebody, actually a, a medical intuitive recently pointed out to me, he was like, surfing was like an initiation for you. And it, and I think that's what we're going to kind of talk about today is that connection with nature through surfing and, um, and that strong kind of like pull that some people feel towards some aspect of nature. I guess for me, that was the ocean through surfing. And so that is why I work with mainly with women who surf is because I feel like they're the ones who get me. They're the ones who can like see where I'm coming from. Right. And, um, yeah. And holistic nutrition came through because it's something I really struggled with. I actually just shared about it today on my Instagram and posted like some earlier pictures of me surfing. And I was like, I don't really want to share this, but I feel like I have to. Um, so yeah, I've been surfing for only six years consistently, but it has been like who I am now compared to who I am before I started surfing or like different people. Wow. And I saw that post earlier that you made today. I was like, wow, this is very vulnerable. I love it. Like the passion that was coming through. I love it. I love it. I'm excited. Um, thank you for introducing yourself. I want to go into an aspect that we share um which was doing ayahuasca for the first time right it was your first time yeah okay for the first time this past summer in july of 2022 um do you want to share the story of how how we met yeah i mean i feel like me and you had first of all like night and day experiences there right like (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah i mean the first time I saw you was when we were meeting in Tarapoto, like on the way, you know, the hour and a half drive before we actually like get to the center. And I just, the first thing I thought was like, this chick has a lot of stuff. Like you had like so many bags and like pillows and things. And I came with literally a book bag. Like, I mean, I also have been living or was living in Peru, still live there, but I'm in Canada now had been living there for nine years. And so I was like, I'm going with nothing. Like I'm going to bring a backpack. I'm not paying for any extra luggage and like carrying extra baggage. I came with the bare essentials and then I saw you and I was like, wow, she has a lot of stuff. (laughs) And then that night we ended up chatting at the table and we were both Canadian and, um, well, I know you're Ecuadorian too, but we have that like Canadian connection and the South American connection. And I was like, oh, there was a lot more to her than all her bags. (laughs) Yeah, that's so funny. There's a lot more to me than all my bags. Wow, ain't that some fucking shit? I was, um, 
I was traveling, in my defense, I was traveling to Ecuador right after the retreat. So I was like packing for a whole, whole thing. But I, but I did notice like, we just had like so many different like things, like just from the beginning, like you had a little bag. I had a huge ass bag with like another thing and another thing. Like I, I was like, it was like, everything was like, and then that translated into our experiences in the jungle as well. Yeah. Um, and I mean, like I could talk about like, we could talk about this whole thing for like years and years, obviously, but basically a rundown on my side of the thing. And then we'll let Leah talk about um, her side of her ayahuasca experience because it was different and it was very noticeably different, but there was definitely some similarities that I started noticing at the end, mm-hmm. um, which we had never talked about. Like we haven't talked about our, our retreat experience. No. Um, so for me, it was my initiation as a shaman. That's the reason that I was there. And so, holy crap, was it, like, one of the, it was the hardest experience I've ever gone through. Um, I was not well most of the time, and I don't want, like, me sharing this story to, like, scare any of you off of, like, doing ayahuasca or anything like that, just to be informed, and I'll definitely cover this um, when I get the chance to, but I really, like, like the contrast of where I was, of just, like, I was in a very bad state. I was, like, just a mess um and just emotionally a mess also like just experiencing so much and then leah like as as far as i could see because i didn't know anything beyond that um was having a very different experience yeah um so yeah like, like you said like there's so much to unpack um that like you know things are still coming through for sure from that experience um, so there's still integration happening, but as far as the in the moment on the ground experience, like, I don't even, I feel like guilty at like saying this to you. Like, I just feel like for the most part, I breezed through it. Like I did not, I I wanted to keep going. Like I wanted, I was like, do we really have to stop? Like, I felt like I was just getting into it and it ended. Like I could have the first few days, you know, being there and just getting used to the sounds and everything was, um, it was fine. And even having lived in Peru in a very different part of Peru, this was different. This is very different. And, um, it took me like a while to just never mind the plants, just the, the, the space and just like taking it all in took a few days for sure. Like around day six, you know, day seven, maybe. And then from there I was like in it, I was like, I was just so much more present. I was like, this is, this is fine. Like I could keep going. Um, and I had, there was obviously like emotional moments and difficult moments, but I didn't have difficult days. I didn't have, I had experiences where I was like questioning things. And I mean, me and you talked a little bit when we definitely weren't really supposed to do it. And I was like, I don't know if this is like, right. You know, but like overall I had a pleasant experience. I like, uh, Laura was always like, Leah, you just seemed content the whole time. And, um, Kev who would like deliver the food. He's like, you were always just like smiling and sitting there and like, like in a good mood. And I was like, yeah, I mean, like, I want to do one a year. Like, I'm like, that's kind of like my, my goal. And I don't know how long each one will be. And, you know, cause taking that time off is hard, but like, I found it so valuable. Wow. Wow. Well, first of all, for those that weren't there, Lara was our facilitator. 
Um, great facilitator. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't have made it without her, first of all. So shout out to her. Um, I think her handle's Mystic Muse on Instagram. And then Kev uh, worked at the retreat and uh, was supporting as well as bringing us food because if you don't know sort of what an ayahuasca retreat may look like for us, we had little casitas, so little houses that each of us were supposed to be sort of isolated um, into. It definitely transpired differently. Um, and I feel like a lot of us started hanging out a little bit more, but it's because I just think we needed like the support, but we spent a lot of time alone. The river was right there. It was beautiful. Um, and so as you can see, we had, we had very different experiences. And I remember just looking at, um, Leah and just being like, like, you're good. And like, I was just like, she was fine. Like, she was just looking at me like everyone, first of all, had the eyes of just concern every time I passed them, just because I just, again, I wasn't that well. And we can go into that whole story another day when, you know, I have like seven hours on hand. Um, but, but I remember just being like, oh, okay, she's fine. You know, she's just coloring. Like, she was just coloring a piece of like printed paper. And I have like a million things. I had like a crochet of like Harry Potter that I was working on. I had a whole ass coloring book. I had a whole um thing that I got at a dollar store. Like I had a whole bunch of things. So that's how we met. Long story short, it could have been way longer. Um, it's... But it's so interesting that you're saying that you would want to do this one time a year. Um, what about it? is like calling to you and can you talk to us about your connection to nature because of it yeah so what's kind of like almost blurry for me at this point is is like how does everything overlap so you have you're in the in the jungle for one you're in a casita you're in isolation and one thing was like i really tried to stay isolated i was in one of the more like isolated casitas across the river and I really felt it anytime I like went around other people. I was like, this is a lot. And I would like go back on purpose. Like I was one of the ones who was like trying to stay away and trying not to talk to people. And um, so, yeah, so it's like you're in the jungle, your, your nervous system. Well, for me, like when we talked about this, like the first day and like my fear of snakes and you're in the, the jungle and my casita did not even have a door. In fact, it had a ramp. So it was like just this like welcome area for whatever to come in. Luckily, like I didn't have anything inside, but you know, so there's that aspect. There's the aspect of just being in isolation and not even, you know, just from the rest of the group, but from the rest of like the world, almost like you're, you don't have any social media. Um, you have isolation from even just like books. Like, you, you know, I wasn't reading anything. I brought coloring pages that I ripped out of a coloring book and I had my journal that just had blank pages. And so there's that. And then, so you have like, you could do that just on its own, like be on your own and meditate. Um, then, you know, then you have the jungle and then you have the plants and then you have the curandero and then you have the facilitator and then you have the group. And so it's like all these things that just layer on top of each other. And what makes me feel called to do it again is just how I felt after. Like I just, well, and you're, everything. Like, it's just, it's all of it, right? It's like, I want to push myself to be in that discomfort again, because for me, I feel like that's a huge, that's where like you get a lot of growth is from being uncomfortable, right? From doing things that aren't your norm. Oh, and then there's the food, right? And like the no salt, the no spices, the, all of that, right? Like the, like just, but the, I mean, the food was probably the, 
like it wasn't, it wasn't hard for me. I did a lot of preparation physically before I went as well. Um, so that was fine. But the, yeah, just, you know, being in nature, being in that, like you literally are outside the whole time. Like our casitas did not have walls. They were like, your casitas will have three walls. No, no. Our casitas had like one half wall and like railings, you know, like those are walls. Like I told Kev after I was like, my casita should have had like a little mini door, at least to like, for my mindset of like the snake thing, I could have like slept probably better. But so what makes me want to do it again is just like, it's just like that curiosity of like seeing what, what you can do and what you can tolerate. And the ayahuasca, um, it's kind of just like this extra. It's like this for me, it's not like this. Oh, I need the ayahuasca to see something, to hear something, to feel something. It's like that, that medicine enhances all of it. Um, but it's not something that I'm like, I need this. Like I'm not craving it. It's not when I was even there, I was comparing it. And I mean, this is probably very insensitive because I didn't necessarily enjoy taking it or, you know, it wasn't a totally unpleasant experience, but I was like, you know what? People suffer through like chemotherapy in order to get better. Or, you know, people go through all these hardships in order to feel better. And I was like, they can do it. I can drink this thing that doesn't taste good, you know, and sit through like, I don't know. I felt discomfort during ceremonies of like, it was cold. And I'm like, what am I feeling? Am I hearing things? Am I seeing things? Why is that person? So, you know, there's just a lot that comes through. Um, and for me, and it's just like this total disconnect plus the enhancement that you get from the plants and there's just nothing else like it. I don't think (laughs) nothing else. Like I couldn't put it better myself. Like there's literally nothing like that sort of experience. And it's so funny that like you mentioned the thought processes that you were having within the ceremonies Mm -hmm. where, yeah, you weren't as outwardly like experiencing all this stuff, like perhaps other people are getting me. In the Maloka, uh, Maloka is the place that they hold ceremonies, um, and just I'm trying to like give little gateways to people that don't know yeah. anything about this. Um, but yeah, how like thoughts were coming through of like sort of like, am I experiencing this right? Is there something wrong? Like mm. all these like sort of thoughts being in themselves like a healing process, like yeah. being in themselves something that challenges like the subconscious fears that you have inside of yourself that are like that are like creeping in and creeping in and creeping in and I think that that's sort of and correct me if I'm wrong sort of also paralleled in your surfing experience because mm. like from what I uh understand and I just got chills as you said that <laughs> sorry no like let me tell you I feel your uh spirit guides like channeling right now like through me <laughs> And we, right as we, uh, before we press record, there were some messages coming through for Leah. And I was like, I, no, like, not right now. <laughs> and uh, it was so funny. Leah was like, with you, like, you never know. Like, you you never know. You could be sitting beside you. You could be, like, a mile away in your presence. Something happens. Um, but, yeah, that, like, that mirroring of these, like, self-limiting beliefs and self-limiting mm-hmm. thoughts that you may experience. Um, and the comparison that happens um how does that lend to your surfing experience? And do you feel like those are correlated? Well, absolutely. So the first, um, the first ceremony, the first one that I drank at the first thing that after I drank it, I was just sitting there and 
all that was running through my mind was the thoughts that everybody had told me before I left. So it was just like people telling me, ah, oh, like, have you drank before? No te asustes. Like, don't be scared. And all of these things that just random snippets from random people that were up there, right? They're just like coming out during that waiting period, right? Like you drink it and it's not like all of a sudden you feel something. Um, there's that waiting period and I had everybody else's thoughts just like, like coming through. And I was like, guys, go away. Like doing here, you know? Um, and, and yeah. And then what I realized now is like, it doesn't even matter what you, you know, what matters is like how you are in the, in the time, but it doesn't matter what other people have go through because their experience has nothing to do with yours. And so almost like sharing what you saw or went through, it's like, it's not important. Like what's in, you know, like it doesn't like looking on YouTube now and you can go and look at, Oh, this was my, and it's like, I don't care. Like it does nothing to do with me. And I'm so glad I didn't do that before I went. Um, and it's the same thing with surfing and during the learning curve of surfing, at least for me, it brought up so many insecurities of like, you missed that wave. You're not good enough. Uh, you know, you're not meant to be here. You don't look like a surfer. Uh, you don't deserve this wave because you don't surf well enough. Like someone else who surfs better than you should get that wave. Or I was so self-critical, but it was like, these were reflections of things that were, that I had just carried with me for a really long time. And they were just in there. Right. Like, and I realized like, if I'm ever going to learn, I have to stop talking to myself like this. Like if I was somebody's coach, and telling them those things they'd never learn. And so why am I speaking this way to myself? And I would never say those things to somebody else. Why do I speak that way to myself? And you can't compare yourself because it doesn't, it doesn't matter how quickly someone else learned or what board they're using or what waves they've served. Like none of those things matter to your learning experience. And even still now it's like, I can't look at someone else who's been surfing for less time than me and they have a bigger wave or whatever. Like it, that stuff's irrelevant. You just have to block it out. I don't know, not block it. Like, I think you have to actually process the feelings and then be like, okay, I can look at it and not be triggered because that's a different experience than mine. And, um, another thing is like with surfers, everyone really just cares about themselves and their waves. I think it's the same thing with the ayahuasca experience is like, you really just care about what you went through, right? You don't need to compare yourself and you don't need to, people aren't actually like, especially surfers, they're not really watching you. You always, at the beginning, I'm like, oh, they saw me like fall or I'm going to look stupid or I'm going to like, my self-worth is going to be diminished because people are going to see me just, but it's no, it's just, you're learning and you're new and it's okay to be bad at something. Like it's not the end of the world. Right. Um, and so, yeah, surfers don't, people don't really care as much about you as you, as you think, right. As you think about yourself. And that's such like a, a good thing of just saying it like just in general just in everything in life like nobody is really concerned that much about you and if they are mm -hmm. it's for like one second and they're like oh like for example i see someone fall <laughs> my thought might be oh shit they fell are they okay or oh they fell that was funny and then i would leave yeah like, it's it's so not they're consume like they're not consuming consuming you all the time no and if they are that's their business <laughs> and they're not going oh you fell you're a bad person whereas like right. when you're in that process you feel like who you are is like less because you're bad at something or but really you're just new and you're learning and even if you you do surf badly in general like it's like who cares right like it's not yeah exactly <laughs> it's like what does it do for you mm -hmm. and what would you do if you weren't always thinking about what other people expect of you or 
what other people think of you or how people will think of you or address you. Um, and I really like the way that you touched um, on this conversation. And I think that it's important to bring up because I've been having it. I had it with myself like a month ago and I've had it like way before that. And then I've been seeing it come up when I'm seeing the people that I help my clients um, or the meetings that I have or just like general conversation and the media, everything. And then you brought it up and I'm like, okay, that means that there's something here. Um, yep. About not looking the part, like about mm. not looking like what you think someone should look like if they were X or if their profession was Y. Um, and can you share to us like your experience with that? Because I think it's very interesting that you are Canadian living in Peru and how that plays into that, if at all. I mean... I'm very used to not looking the part for a lot of things, right? Like, <laughs> it's just like part of me now. Like, I just feel, and I think actually we, I think we talked about them getting like this sense that we talked about this at the retreat in at some point. Um, feeling different, I think, or like having a different, ex was this with you? Or like, yeah, always feeling like you're the odd one out or you always have this like different experience from no was it not you okay never mind but um i have felt like the odd one out is i think another way of saying this like a lot of instances during my life um you know i, I went <laughs> so like i went vegetarian at age 11 and i'm i come from an italian family and you know so that's like a what what are we going to feed you and and then it's like i moved away to school and then i moved away to peru and it's like what are you going to do in peru and I have this, I have a university education yet. I moved to Peru and still don't have this like career that, or the, you know, the job with the benefits and all the things. And it's just like, the more I move into like who I really am, the further away I get from that. And so living in Peru, I, um, you know, I'm very white. I'm like, I speak Spanish with an accent, obviously, although some people tell me it's getting better, but like, you know, it is, by the way, <laughs> but, um, just, and especially when I moved to Peru, I was not that you have to be skinny to surf or anything, but like, I was not in good shape. Like I thought I, I have a degree in human kinetics, right? Like I thought I knew what it meant to be healthy. I thought I knew what it felt like to be healthy. And then I started surfing and I was like, I have a lot of work to do. Like, this is so hard. I have no energy. This is what my nutrition program is based around is like getting into all these areas because I was like, shit, like, you know, I, I can't do this. I can't wake up early. I can't, I don't have the stamina for this. And, and, um, I was just like, I was just inflamed. Like I can see photos of myself there and I'm like, Oh, like that girl, there was something going on there. Um, and took years for me to learn how to surf and eat. Like the process was really long and that's just, I think how I do things it just takes me longer, you know? Um, so what was the original question? Just being different. <laughs> yeah. Being different. And I'm, I'm like wondering how you've been able to deal with that or how mm -hmm. you like cope with that because I'm sure that like the little voice in your head maybe replicating the thing of the ayahuasca being like da, 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 might like come up right I'm sure yeah of like why does everyone else experience this and why do I experience it like this based like in mm -hmm. this other way you know like during the retreat because you know at the end every of the end of each ceremony people would 
would share some of the ceremonies and you know this the one ceremony where i literally felt nothing and the one another girl got up and hugged the curandero and was like that was the best experience of my life and if nothing else happens like i'm f-, and i was like i thought i was supposed to feel something you know like i was just like why does it take so much more for me to like you know and but everyone's experience is is how it's meant to be and how do i how i dealt with it is just the more i just like connect to myself and who i am and like at my core and not like not so much like wants and desires but like this is just me and this is my experience and something has brought me here and something has kept me here right like it's not that often you hear of like somebody moving to like a small also like i live in a small town i live in a town of 1500 people on the coast of peru like it's not like a super normal thing for people to go and do and when i moved there i didn't surf i didn't speak spanish i moved there for um a job and which i've now like transitioned out of the i'm transitioning out of the nonprofit world and into this like health and wellness space and i don't know i think you just like follow that that voice that guide that feeling and it's kind of like coming i'm coming like coming back into that space now and for a long time i actually feel like i kind of lost it and i was a little bit numb and now i do feel like i'm coming back into it and it's not been an easy nine years. Like it's not every day, like, oh, you live in a sunny place. Like how nice that must be to have your days just open. No, it's not, it's not like that. It's when you don't have a schedule and you don't have somebody on you and you're just like, it's everything is up to you. It's actually quite difficult. Um, but you, you sort yourself out. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. It's really just like learning sort of like, you're like, okay, one step at a time. Do I like this walk or do I need another walk? It's sort of like just like adapting to all of that. Um, it's so beautiful. It's so, so much beautiful insights, by the way, that you're just like providing us. I'm obsessed. Um, something that keeps on popping up into my mind. Um, and if you're new here to the Diet of the Shaman uh, podcast and maybe you came from Leah's uh, corner of the world or community, mm-hmm. um, I often operate just by like hearing stuff or seeing stuff um that's part of the fact that like uh i i've uh worked on my psychic gifts for like probably two years now uh like every single day um and then i was initiated as a shaman and so i i'm always like just bridging worlds and so that's why like i like to explain that sometimes because sometimes i'm just like oh i'm hearing this or i'm seeing this some people will be like what the hell like what is she saying (laughs) um so one thing that I'm seeing right now for you um, and your experience is just seeing like, I'm seeing like a tsunami, like in my head, like a huge, like a huge wave, a huge water. Um, and I like I'm not, I'm like trying to see like, what is it about it? I think they're trying to like, just get us to the point of how do you get up after you fall down from like such a huge wave and how do you decide no, I can, I can do this. And when do you actually need to rest and like gather yourself before going back into another wave? Mm. That's really interesting. The thing about essentially what you're talking about is like being held under, right? Where you're like out of breath, you're, you've no oxygen, you're under the water. And it's like, there are moments, can be moments in surfing where you're like, am I going to ever 
come up. And if, when you do come up, you're like so grateful that you ha are breathing again. Right. And there's like nothing like surfing to put you in that. Well, actually, I mean, I'm sure there are things, but one of the things is like, you know, just that like gratitude for, okay, I'm breathing air. I'm, I'm back. And like, you feel so, so alive and so connected to like, cause you, you're just, you're just so present. You're like, you're in that survival mode, right? You're so present. And another way that maybe that tsunami metaphor um, relates is I've lived in Peru now. It's I just passed nine years. And right before I left, my mom was diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's. And she passed away just over a year ago. Actually, it was like a year in May. So just a couple months before the ayahuasca retreat was like the anniversary. And that those eight years of like, my mom's super sick, but I'm still gonna kind of like do my thing. And I, I did come home a lot more during those, like the earlier years before COVID and everything. Um, and to try to like, you know, balance and maintain, but there was, that's why I say I was like kind of numb at some points during that time. And now she's passed on and it's it, like, it's obviously sad, but it, I think it's worse to see someone just like suffering, losing all losing everything in front of you, you know, like still there, but gone. And it's just like, yeah, there's this, like, this storm has kind of like passed and we, I mean, everybody is still, well, I should just speak for myself, I guess, you know, I'm still like sorting out some stuff around that for sure. And that's going to take time. And actually this was part of my integration work after the retreat, um, was just like family, family stuff, themes, like, um, anyways, all these things are like such long stories, like podcast episodes on their own, probably. Um, so I'm, I mean, it might be that too. Like it might be just like, this is like, for me, kind of like the calm after the storm and like this rebirth of ideas and empowerment, because for me, I felt like my mom's sick. I can't, that's why it took me so long to even do a retreat. It was like, I didn't want to be cut off from the rest of the world for so long. Like I, you know, you live in Peru, you're going to hear about ayahuasca. You're going to hear about diets. You're going to hear about all the things. Um, but to actually take the time and go and do it is very different. And, um, that was part of the, the timing thing too, for me it was like, okay, I can take this time now for myself. And could I have done it earlier? Probably, but I just wasn't, I wasn't there. I wasn't able to balance. Um, yeah, it was, there was a lot of numbing and, and just like getting through those eight years. Right. And now it's like, I feel like I can actually like live again. Mm. Wow. Oh, <laughs> my voice cracking. Wow. <laughs> but thank you for sharing that with us. I think that that's very, like, it just helps everyone kind of see the human behind the mm. voice behind the experiences behind the fact that you can surf behind all this thing you know like something that can connect so many of us um and yeah like i right after the retreat i uh lost an uncle like two weeks after and then i lost my grandpa three weeks after that and so it was just like a lot i think ayahuasca has to do a lot with like life after death or I think mm -hmm. that that's what I've just experienced I'm just like go into the shadows go into the like, the mm -hmm. death of things um and really look into that and I really love that you again like this whole notion that like keeps on popping up into your life of like 
picking yourself back up after something happens and this like recycling and I'm seeing like water in my head like a like a water being recycled or like a water turbine you know those boats mm. that like have like water that yeah. sprinkle like I'm sort of seeing that as like a huge theme um just like from from what you've told me um and yeah I I want to talk about how you're transitioning you said you worked for your you were in a nonprofit and now you're going to in health um and like wellness space talk to me about the transition and has that been hard for you yeah so i like where does it even start it's it's a long story everything's such a long story right um yeah so at some point when i was in university even though i was studying health i went to peru and um, this was like before I moved there. And I did a volunteer trip. I just wanted to go to South America. And I saw a poster in the library for a trip to Peru with this group. And I was like, all right, I'm going to Peru, I guess. Like, And so I signed up. I went and I was like, this is cool. So I went back the next year and the next year. And I made connections with this nonprofit in Peru, in Lobitos. And I stayed in contact with them. And I eventually moved there in 2013 to work for this nonprofit. Now, it wasn't exactly the experience I was looking for in terms of like, there was some toxic stuff going on within the organization and, but I stayed. And, um, in that time I met my husband, my now husband, the time he was a random person. And, um, it was funny actually. Uh, yeah. So I met him and we started dating six months after I had moved there. And, Six months after that, I think it was, I, I don't know when it was exactly, but I quit that nonprofit and, um, but I had some ideas and, and really liked working with the kids. And he was like, why don't you just start your own? And I was like, nobody does that. You know, I was 25 and I was like, hmm, but he was like, just do it. Like, you know, why not? And so I came back to Canada, I incorporated a nonprofit and I went back with this vision of running a nonprofit. And basically I just wanted to do my programs and have it be legitimate. And, um, and I did that for five years and I had a board of direct, we still, well, the nonprofit still exists. We're actually, this is one of the things I actually worked on in my dieta was just thinking about this nonprofit. And what ended up happening was I was, you know, I was working for the, or working for myself, I guess I was doing the nonprofit work. I was doing extracurricular programs for kids after school, like library programs and yoga stuff. And, um, and then COVID happened and we couldn't do anything. And I was kind of just coming into this sense of like, I had, um, you know, changed my diet. I had started surfing. I had, I was getting into this health and wellness space just on my own. And I was like, there's something here because of how hard surfing was for me. I was like, if I can do this, like if I can learn this, I can teach people how to do this, not teach them how to surf, but teach them how to prepare themselves. And just like the mindset, because yeah, I was, I had a long way to go. And so when I had gotten a little bit better at it, I was like, I'm going to figure out like why this worked. Um, and so I went back and I did a holistic nutrition course. And then I was like, well, I'm just going to do both. I'm going to do this, like be a nutritionist on the side. And I, you know, do the nonprofit on Fridays and and it was like, uh, it's just like, is it really going to work? <laughs> like, it's way too much to do. I can't spread myself so thin, basically. Um, so I'm in the process of transitioning out of the nonprofit and coming into this health and wellness and somewhat spiritual space. Well, 
you know, um, which is something I decided I was going to do, uh, during the dieta. And I was like, you know what, like the nonprofit is great, but it is, I've done it, you know, like I gave it my, my all. And, um, there are other nonprofits that I'm still supporting and still involved with in Lobitos. And it, I've just realized like, it doesn't have to be me. Like I don't have to be the head of it. I can just support and, you know, provide input when, when asked. Um, but I don't need to be the one running it. And so that was where that came from. And that transition has been, has been good. It's been hard. It's been, it's been all the things because of course I'm like sentimentally attached to it. And I'm like, it's something also where like, I can come home and be like, I run a nonprofit and people are like, cool. Wow. And, but now I'm letting that go. And it's like, so what do you do again? We're like going back into this, like, so how do you work with, you know, you work online, like what? And it's still like, yes. <laughs> and you know, So that has been hard. And I think what I'm realizing is anytime there's a big change, you get these smaller, these like tests or initiations of like, you know, I had someone come back and like pop into my DMs like, oh, I want to do this project. And I had a donation come through and I had to be like, okay, well, you can still, you know, you can still donate, but this is what's going to happen moving forward. And all these kind of like little like tests and pulls back almost, you know, that are like, oh, like we could maybe try and keep you here. Or is this what you really want? And I'm just, I'm like, it's okay. Like this is supposed to happen. And the same thing happens now. Um, you know, I'm in the middle of launching this group program and on Saturday I had someone come into my DMs being like, are you a professional surfer? How long have you been surfing? Have you worked with pros? Like really just like testing me in all these ways. And I kept my cool and we, I like, you know, and eventually I was like, okay, it's Saturday. I don't owe this person anything. So I was like, if you want to continue talking, like you can email me all of your questions. Um, because it, they were just, you know, oh wow, you can get this certificate for $70 online. Amazing. Like, you know, I'm like, I, and that first I'm like, oh my God, this person's going to like come for me. And, you know, you get these like tests. And then I had someone else, um, kind of suggest that my program's too expensive and my payment plan should be over a longer period of time. And you would get more clients that way. And, and it's just like, instead, you know, the old me might've been like, Ugh, and changed everything. And now I'm just kind of like, no, like stand your ground, like know your value. And, you know, there are these, yeah, these initiations, I think is what they are. So, yeah, I mean, it's always hard, right? Okay, you said so much there, and I'm so glad we're going to this, because you, like, who are they to know your business? And who are they to know your alignment when they haven't even fucking talked to you, nor did you invite them in? Mm -hmm. Second of all, good for you for setting boundaries and, can like, keeping that there. And something I like that I super learned in on the ayahuasca retreat, too, is that nature is not just all da -na -na all the time, not light and airy and stuff like that. There's always these mm -hmm. boundaries, always these, like, tests. There's always these, like, harsh winters. There's, like, these, like, predators and there's prey. And there's, like, it's, everyone likes to act sometimes. Like, something that, like, I noticed at the beginning of, like, joining the spiritual community in 2020, I'm just, like, following people and stuff, was that nobody likes to talk about the hard shit. Like, nobody liked to talk about, like, the difficult things that, like, transpire for you to get to where you are. Mm -hmm. um, and just, like, as we've talked about nature and stuff, weaving nature inside, nature's not just airy-fairy, just, like, light and airy sort of thing. And you experience so much of that through 
um there's so much that happens through the waves through the fact that you were saying that you sometimes you don't know if you're gonna come up or when you're gonna come up and all of that is just like a very part of like the natural process and how this is weaving into like sort of like what you're saying to other people it's like you know like I'm gonna be nice but like watch yourself (laughs) like watch your boundaries step that's like step but don't step to me too hard and that's something that I also like learned in the retreat of just like no if we're talking about nature and we're a part of nature nature's not always just like nice and all all like light light isn't the right word in the situation but i'm gonna use it just because i don't have anything else to say um another word um what you were saying about um how you are now doing a program and how you've been really transitioning to that and focusing on that that sounds like super exciting and every time you post it i'm like wow if i was a surfer or if i was planning to go to peru like this is like so fun (laughs) so could you tell us a bit more about that yeah so well there's i think you're talking about two different offers so the first one is the retreat so the experience so you can join me in peru for um a week and come for as long as you want but the retreat is a week and uh it's from november 20th to 26th and um this has been something i've wanted to do for so long and finally i'm just like i'm just gonna do it and like throw it out there and you know and i mean it's so funny because it's like been one of the easiest things for me to like coordinate to sell to talk about and it's just like it's easy some stuff is easy for a reason right like it's just in alignment and um and other things you have to work for or work harder for. But as you know what, as I say that, it's like, no, I've lived there for nine years. I've been constantly, you know, I've been surfing for six years before that three years of like floating out in the water, doing nothing. And like I coordinated trips in the past. So it's like all, it's like actually 10 years of experience. That's now just like, oh, that was easy to throw that together. But like, it wasn't that easy, I guess. It took time. Um, anyway. So there's that. And in that experience, it's the, the retreat is called reconnect and it is, you know, I I came up with the name after, of course, after the retreat and it's just about reconnecting to each other. I think some people, you know, a lot of us haven't traveled that much in the past few years. It can be about reconnecting to yourself, to spirit, to the ocean, because a lot of people don't surf all the time. That's the people who go on retreats often aren't surfing all the time. Um, and I'm there to facilitate that reconnection, whether it is, you know, through yoga, through a lot of it is the lessons you learn in surfing. You can like take those out and apply them to your life. And a lot of the integration can happen through a yoga practice or vice versa. You know, what you learn on the mat, you can apply to calm yourself in, in the ocean, physical strength and stuff too. Um, and then there's the connection aspect of just like being in the magical country that is Peru, right? And like that trip to the jungle just reminded me of just all of this like supernatural stuff we have like right there. And I was just like, ah, oh, surfing, you know? And now I can like integrate all of it because of that trip, I think. Um, and just even visiting like the local herbalist in Intalara, the city that's like close to Loitos and, um, you know, get it like, all of that stuff was just like right there. Not all, but like a lot of it, you know? And I just, anyway, so I'm excited to like merge all of these things. Uh, so that is the retreat experience. The first one is in, is in November and we'll probably do another one in March, 
for now. Um, so that's one one way to connect. The other one, <laughs> the other one, which if you wanted to do it, you still could. You don't have to be a surfer to join the program. Um, it is called the Her Surf Nutrition Method. It's my coaching program, and it is basically all about nutrition. Um, and the the way it's broken down is. Uh, oftentimes we are dealing with low energy or imbalanced energy, right? Like, and I mean energy in like the physical energy of like you hit that 3 PM slump or you wake up tired or you need coffee to wake up or you can, sometimes you can surf really well. You don't have to be a surfer. You could be an endurance athlete. You could just be a regular human. It's just, this is how I communicate now is through surfing, I guess, Um, you know? So a lot of times we have energy for something and afterwards we're depleted. And so this program is like, why is that? And what can we do to balance that and fix it? And everything that in this program is a practice. None of this is a quick diet or something you do for one day and then you're better. There's no like, you know, we hardly talk about supplements and superfoods because that's not really what works. What works is like what you do every day, your habits, your routines, your rituals. Um, so energy is a big, a big one. Gut health is a big one. You know, that's the, your digestion, the strength of your gut. What can you digest? What can you not digest? Do you feel bloated? Do you, are there foods that, do you have food sensitivities where it's like, oh, I can't eat chickpeas, but it's not, usually it's not like you're not allergic or anything. You just can't eat them. Well, there's a reason for that. And we can work on strengthening your gut so that you can eat those foods or you, you know, can avoid bloating and all the things, constipation. Um, and then the last big topic is food freedom or intuitive eating. And that is like, how do you figure out what you need or, and you know, uh, the deeper layers of like, why am I eating this or how to make those healthy choices or more nutritious choices without the like diet culture pressure. So instead of like, I shouldn't eat that or, and I should eat this, it's like, Um, this feeling of like, is this going to nourish me? You can ask yourself that question. You can do this when you go to the grocery store, when you're like looking at, I always use the example of chips because like love chips and I look at them and I'm like, okay, but is this going to nourish me? Like, how am I going to feel after I eat this? And this has to do with then the practices we use, like mindful eating, you know, bringing your attention to food and how you feel eating without distractions so that you're aware of how foods make you feel. If you're not aware of how the foods make you feel, you're going to eat them. Just, you know, you won't, you'll eat that whole bag of chips and you won't like, you might not feel good, but you might not really be aware that it was the chips that didn't make you feel good. Right. And I'm not saying never eat chips. Like I still eat chips. Right. But now I'm like, okay, I'm, I'll suffer the consequences of the bloating just because they're enjoyable, but not every day. And you know, or this, like I'm in Canada right now. And so there's the vegan ice cream that I don't get in Peru. And I'm noticing every time I have it, I have this like little Ben and Jerry's thing, but I get a headache after. And I'm like, okay, I guess I think it's the sugar. Who knows? Um, and I eat it. And I'm like, I have a headache again. And then I have like, I have it again the next day. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to finish this. And then I'm not going to buy another one, you know? And like, that's that. And I probably won't buy another one, even though I like it. And it's something I don't get to have when I'm in Peru. It's like, I don't really want to like, not be able to do anything after because I have a headache from eating ice cream. So it's about working in those, um, those changes, that lifestyle, those habits, and then you can consciously decide to eat or not eat something like, I don't, I don't really care what you eat or not eat. It's about feeling empowered and making those decisions. And actually one of the, 
like the best bonuses that come with this coaching program is you get a personal session with a medical intuitive. So my friend Colin, who I worked with before I went to Peru, um, you get a session with him and he will energetically connect with what you're going through and he can bring up, I, he, he's just so amazing at what he does, but you know, he'll basically bring up themes or topics or feelings like physical things he can feel in your body. So, you know, I think, well, you knew about this one, the, the like tension I had in my stomach that I brought with me to the jungle and just different things. Um, but that was a big one that I, but once he told me, I was like, I'm so aware of it. Right. But it was just something I just thought was normal before. Um, so yeah, there's a lot. Anyway, that's a group coach, cro- group coaching program. Uh, it's a group program because I think the group brings more accountability and it's just good to connect with people who are going through what you're going through. Right. So that also starts on, that starts on October 20th. End of the month. That's so exciting. And I love, I love, 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 first of all, the way that like you're so empowered in the way that you talk about your offerings. Cause I think that a lot of Um, people in the health and wellness space can be super scared to talk about their offerings or what they're bringing to the table but I'm feeling very much like you're like no I'm gonna I'm bringing what I'm bringing (laughs) and I'm super excited for those that want to eat it you know actually Mm. eat it (laughs) um, and I really like how the main goal is to empower people and to connect with their own body and their own intuition and that's just something we love here at the Jaren Grandera because it's just so necessary and because we find our own alignment in our own way. Um, it's so important to understand how to connect with that. Mm. So, Leah, it's been an amazing time with you. Thank you so much for spending this past 50 minutes with me. Um, for anyone that wants to find you, please let them know where they can. Yeah, sure. So... I'm on Instagram, leah.donatello. Um, website is leahdonatello.com. Uh, email, hello at leahdonatello.com. Um, yeah, you can just like DM me or email me and um, set up a time to chat or, or whatever. And yeah, I mean, there's nothing that I love more than talking about surfing and health and all the things. So you can book a call and we can like a free call and we can just chat about whatever it is you're going through and see if any of these are the right fit for you. I love it. Thank you so much, Leah. I will have that all in the show notes below um, for easy access. Um, And thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Diary of a Shaman podcast. I'm so excited to continue to get this podcast going, talk to even more intuitives, even more practitioners, even more people, um, and really get into the nitty gritty of so many conversations we don't usually get to have. Um, October, don't forget, uh, is the last month that I am booking one-on-one meetings for 2022. So you can look at that in the link in my bio or down below as well um and there was a giveaway announced last week on the podcast so if you would like to win a free energetic limpia from me a shaman you can look at the description below um and you can enter to win and the winner will be announced next monday and the uh, contest closes next saturday so i will talk to you soon thank you so much for being here and have a great rest of your day